0: Hey, welcome back. This is Robert Fleming, one of the partners in the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC, and uh, you're listening to Elder Law Issues, our weekly podcast. I'm chatting with my other partner, the other partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. Today, we're going to talk about emergencies. Elizabeth, I need to get a guardianship over my mother. It's an emergency.
1: Well, Robert we talk about emergencies, sometimes people identify those um, specific to their family's facts. Sometimes people think of emergencies more generally, but it's not uncommon to meet with a family member who may be concerned about someone's decline in health or their capacity. Somebody might be wandering or really struggled to provide consent to a medical procedure. Other times people could be in our office because they're having a hard time with a parent trying to help pay bills and they're not able to get information from the bank. So emergencies come in a lot of different forms. We use the phrase emergency pretty generally, but what I realize is when we meet with people and they're giving us very specific facts about their case and why things are an emergency, part of our job as attorneys is to be objective and to consider not only what the law says, and what we need to demonstrate and show in order for the court to make a decision on an expedited basis, but also whether or not the case is going to be a case that the court wants to hear and wants to hear on an expedited basis. So it's not just whether or not we can meet the standards we can satisfy to have the case heard, but it's whether or not we can actually justify under the law that something should be heard in. 48 hours or 72 hours as opposed to six weeks from now.
0: Often when we talk about topics on elder law issues, while we really only practice in Arizona and we say it's Arizona specific, the reality is that a lot of what we say can be generalized to other states. But I think it's important to note that this is not one of those areas. Um, The notion of what constitutes an emergency for a quick hearing in guardianship of the person or conservatorship of the state is going to vary quite a bit, not just from state to state, but from community to community. If you had an emergency in a rural Arizona county, you might get very different advice from an emergency in Tucson or Phoenix. And, and I like to use the word emergency in this conversation because that's what people actually say, but that's not what the law says. There isn't an emergency guardianship. There's a temporary guardianship. So a couple of things about the Arizona law, one of the ways in which we might not be the same as people's uh, circumstances in other states. In Arizona, in order to have a guardian or a conservator appointed, there almost always has to be, and when I say almost always, I mean always, but lawyers can't ever say anything absolutely. So there always has to be a court-appointed attorney or an attorney of the proposed ward's choice representing their interests. There always has to be a court official, an investigator, to go out and visit the proposed ward and write a report to the court. Kind of the eyes and ears of the court. And if we try to get a temporary guardianship, we often are bypassing those those mandatory steps. So the court takes a dim view of bypassing those. It, it, you know the the judges often say to the lawyers, not to the to the litigants, but when we meet in chambers, they say. You know your emergency is not my emergency uh, and uh, and so we are discouraged in a general way from bringing multiple temporary guardianship proceedings just because everybody's very anxious about how well their mom is doing or not doing or whether dad needs surgery or whether dad needs to be placed in a nursing home right away
1: and when we think about urgent circumstances and we think about access to assets, that's often something that people come in really concerned about. And we discuss with them, one of the big questions is, well, are there other resources that can be used to pay this expense in the short term so that reimbursement can be issued in six weeks? Is this expense on auto pay? And if so, are there funds to support the payments until somebody can gain access to the account. So I think, Robert, as you mentioned, emergencies come in different circumstances and are described differently. But we've got to make sure that if we're really going to take the court's time, we think that not only are we able to meet the the legal requirements, but that the court is going to also agree that this is a time-sensitive issue and, and an emergency. I would tell people who come in one big question we were frequently asked is, well, how long is it gonna take to get a hearing? And Robert, that's basically out of our control. Ways that we see changes is it's taking longer to get hearings because there's a real demand in the courts uh, to have a judge's attention on a particular case and each hearing is usually at least 15 minutes on the calendar. So that's a hard question to answer uniformly. How long is it going to take? It really does depend on the facts and circumstances. It depends on the judge's calendar. It depends on what else is going on for the court Uh, in some cases when we have an emergency hearing that might be sandwiched between other matters and and people have to be flexible so it has been helpful though i think in some circumstances to be able to appear remotely uh, appear by telephone or by zoom or teams microsoft teams as opposed to in the courtroom we find that sometimes the hearing uh, the hearings, as they're scheduled, are are scheduled pretty quickly. And if you have a client who lives across the country, it's hard to get that person here the next day to testify in front of a judge. And so in some ways, technology, I think, has helped create more efficiencies and has helped in those circumstances where there's really an urgent matter that the court needs to hear.
0: You've said a couple of times, six weeks. And, and I know that you mean that that's kind of the best guess of how long it might take. Right. Uh, but it's, a, it's probably about the right time. So uh, if, if you have a circumstance where you don't need a guardianship over your son or your dad or your mom or whoever it is tomorrow, but six weeks is just too long, and we can show the judge that there is some real problem that's going to occur if we don't get the guardianship by that time, um, then we can do what you might call an urgency rather than an emergency. We can say, well, let's get this set on the, on the court's calendar for a temporary hearing in two weeks that'll give time for the investigator and the court appointed attorney to do their job make sure that we get all the medical evidence together and we can put together a a cohesive statement for the court but still the court's going to have to be persuaded that there is some reason to bypass the more or less six week period that that it takes and and you know the other thing that people don't appreciate is that assumes that it's obvious that you're going to prevail and that there's not going to be an objection hey, you know what, your mom might tell that court-appointed attorney that she wants to object, and then the six-week window goes out the window, to confuse my metaphors, uh, and, uh, and we're not going to have a hearing in six weeks, or we're going to have a hearing, but it's going to be a very uh, cursory hearing just to set the next hearing date. So in that case, maybe there really is a need for a temporary guardianship that arises because of your mom's objection.
1: And Robert, we have to remember that there's also evidence that's needed. There may be medical records. There may be an affidavit or statement or testimony from medical provider or providers. That can be hard to get or hard to schedule. We also, it's important folks know in Arizona, they are people who do work as court-appointed investigators who were appointed in each case as an independent party to review the details of the case and and what is going on, who is being proposed to become a guardian or conservator and and what the independent party sees. Now, those investigators and their reports are not required in Arizona to have a temporary guardianship or conservatorship, uh, move forward and be granted however they're an essential part required part of having any kind of permanent guardianship or conservatorship so lots of different players lots of different pieces i tell people if you think something's an emergency absolutely call make an appointment with an attorney and discuss it the attorney's probably going to have a feel for the case quickly if you bring facts and any kind of specific evidence and if the attorney says, you know, this is this is something that is going to be time sensitive and and I appreciate that it's an emergency but I don't think the court's going to see it that way. The attorney's probably going to be able to provide some resources or ideas so that you're able to try and make a temporary plan. So, if you make an appointment to discuss an emergency issue that you think merits the court's attention, don't get discouraged if the the attorney that you meet with says, yeah, I think this needs to be filed in the normal course of business. But in the meantime, here's some resources and ideas for how you can kind of get through. Uh, It's still going to be a worthwhile consultation, I think.
0: Absolutely. So just understand that emergency guardianships under Arizona law can be done, emergency conservatorships as well, Though, frankly, there there are fewer circumstances where an emergency conservatorship seems to be necessary. Not zero, but fewer. Uh, they can be done, they're way more expensive. We charge a, a hefty surcharge if we have to do an emergency, not just because it takes extra time, but because it really gins up the whole system much more quickly. Uh, and they are often declined by the judge saying, yeah I, I get what you're saying, but um, but I'm not persuaded there's an emergency that requires a temporary proceeding. Um, all that said, they we can and do file them, and they do get granted in the appropriate circumstance. Talk to us or to your lawyer if you're not talking to us uh, about what circumstances might make a, an emergency. For the court system. And we understand that those circumstances can change in the course of a proceeding as well. Last thoughts about emergency guardianships, Elizabeth?
1: Well, just be thoughtful before you start knocking on the court's door. It's really important to have your ducks in a row.
0: Well, that sounds like a good aphorism to end with. So this is Robert Fleming. I've been chatting with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We are the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy, PLC, We hope you'll join us again next week for Elder Law Issues. Thanks.